Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mitchell Red said, my belief is that this team, if this team had Jaheim Bellamar, Sean Lloyd right now as running back, we'd be a top 15 team and be 3-0 and right now. I mean, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you that I wish that Jaheim Bell had never left because I think in this offense, I think the way he would be utilized, you know, we, we don't, you know, here's the thing. We, we don't like the way the Jaheim Bell thing ended, and I understand that, but <clears throat> the guy has talent. There's a reason Florida State wanted him, right? So, um, I, had he to state, I, I think he'd be a big-time impact player, guys. I mean, I, those who were saying in the offseason that, you know, Trey Knox was an upgrade over Jaheim Bell, and I don't think I've seen Joshua Simon make a catch yet. Maybe maybe like two or three, but the tight end position has been practically non-existent. Trey Knox isn't a good blocker, which goes back to what Arkansas folks told me at SEC Media Days about him, that, He's a big dude. He wins when he gets off the bus, but he's not a very not a very good blocker and uh, had that crucial drop, obviously, late in the game, which I know it's raining, guys, and the weather, but, like, welcome to Big Boy SEC football. You got to catch the football. You got to catch that ball, bottom line. You have to catch that ball. <clears throat> you have to catch that ball. So, um, let's see. Anyways, that is, that is uh, neither here nor there. It's all hypotheticals. There's no point in uh, – even discussing it. So, again, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. The phone lines are officially open. In the meantime, we'll go through all of your questions on YouTube. Nicholas Wiles says, "All I got to say is this: Where were any trick plays or anything crazy from special teams? We totally played it safe and quit playing after the first half. And I tip my hat to the defense. What an outstanding game they played." I mean, I, I will say, Nicholas, that is my one gripe from the football game is that, you know, 24 to 14 is no score to be ashamed of. But having Georgia on the ropes 14 to 3 and then getting outscored 21 to nothing in the second half, that's 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 just tough to stomach, man. That's just really, really tough to stomach. And it's, and it's surprising for a team and for a coaching staff that is normal, normally really, really good in that department, that being halftime adjustments. So I, uh, you know, I, I I was surprised at, at some of the conservative nature of the game plan. I was surprised that South Carolina didn't take more risks. I, I, I was surprised at that as well. I, I really was. Um, <clears throat> Hunter Johnson says, I'm going to be the one to say it. I think we're going to be highly disappointed at the end of the no, at the end of November when we look back at the Georgia game. Maybe, 
Maybe Georgia's a two or three loss team this year. We'll see. Let's jump to the whole lines, guys. Call from Bo. Bo, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, Chris? What's going first on? First time caller, man. I love what you're doing. Love what you're doing over there, man. I kind of like love at first sight. I've been listening for about three weeks now. Uh, just listening. Uh, I, I, I mean, I can't be more proud of the game because I'm extremely optimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you posed a question uh, earlier this week. Uh, would you take the 10-point loss if you could take it right now? And uh, I did. I, I, I said, yes, let's take that 10-point loss. I think that that would be a great – I think that would put us right where we need to be. I mean, I know, like you said, let's not hang the banner. Let's not, you know, hang, uh, um, basically live on these moral victories. But I think we looked great. I think it was a uh, – a great showing. I like to see a lot of these op, uh, <clears throat> offensive linemen, these young guys get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, big free Babalade, I think he did a really good job. Um, and I like the defense. I think the defense uh, did what they were supposed to do. And uh, honestly, man, I think the only thing that we're missing right now is a, is a running back. And I want to say I think it's Mario Anderson. But, I mean, what are we going to do if we're not giving him a shot, you know? He only had what two touches in the last game. Mm-hmm. Literally dragging the defense on his second, uh, his first carry of the uh, of the day. I mean, dragging them for like an extra three or four yards. So, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and to your point about the whole moral victory thing, man, I, I would say this. I, I think that gets really, really overplayed, especially amongst like fans bickering with each other because it's like we, we don't play the game right. Like if South Carolina goes out there and they're they're making T-shirts and say we lost by ten to Georgia. Like that's that's some moral victory craziness. But like, there's no shame in 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 seeing progress, right? In the football team, understanding the the challenge that your team had, and, and being happy that a game was not as wide a margin of defeat as it was supposed to be, and or as we've seen it in the past. I mean, this game last year was a forty-one point margin of defeat, right? So. I, I wouldn't blame – I'm not going to blame anybody. I think you're kind of – you know, you're, you're you're off your rocker. If you're not excited, don't see the progress from the game on Saturday. I mean, there's there's things to be – I mean, the fact that we're frustrated on this Monday because, hey, South Carolina could have won that football game. I mean, that's a positive in my mind. I, I, that's, that's a positive from a game that I thought was going to be pr- pretty much dominated by Georgia start to finish. So, um, I mean, I do agree with you. The young offensive lineman going to that front, I, I, I think that uh, – you know, that is the answer moving forward. I, I still saw way too much of 77. I saw too much of 52. I saw too much of these older veteran guys. I mean, I, I guess they just – they have to play them because of depth purposes. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think going with the young guys like Babalade, going with a Trovon Bow, Jatavia Shivers, unfortunately, we now know Marquis Anderson's out for the season. So, but rolling with those guys, they're your future. They're your most talented guys. I think giving them a shot, continuing to play them is definitely the move. Um you know, the, the defensive side, my friend, I'll say this. Because I know a lot of the conversation <clears throat> has been about Clayton White over the past 24, 48 hours. I, I, I'm i not someone that I'm going to sit here and say fire Clayton White, right? I mean, you give up 24 points in an yeah, SEC enough. game. Like, that's – this is 2023. Like, that, that's good enough to win. Um, at the same time, I'm not going to blame anyone who is just sick and tired of looking at stats and – seeing South Carolina dead last in practically all of them, right? The Gamecocks can't get off the field on third down. They can't stop the run. They, I mean, you know, and now they're not generating turnovers at nearly the rate they were doing 
the first two seasons under his leadership. So I'm kind of in the middle when it comes to Clayton White, whereas, you know, a guy like Marcus Satterfield, it was so obvious that the Gamecocks needed to make a change. Like, I think Clayton White does some good things, but, you know, I, I think he's I think he's okay. I think he's all right. I think South Carolina could probably do better at D.C., yeah. but it's not like he's done anything egregious that makes me want to say – he, he's just – he's you know, he's the worst. They got to get rid of him. So um, – but anyways, to your point, man, I mean, listen, I, I thought it was a – I thought it was a great fight. I mean, South Carolina's got a, got a, got a room full of fighters on that team. And, I mean, they're going to give their – I mean, that's the culture of the program, right? They're going to give their guts every game. But, uh, you know, I, I think South Carolina in the running game, like you mentioned, man, I, I do think Marbury Anderson should get more of a look. But I think the offensive line just, just got to improve as well. But to your point, in a running game in which South Carolina is struggling to even get Two or three yards. I mean, Mario Anderson has shown that he's a guy that can work through contact and work through early contact and get you that two or three yards you're looking for. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Mario Anderson is the answer. I mean, look at this. That that joiner, he hits contact, he falls down. He's getting his two and a half yards per carry. That's just literally grabbing the ball and falling forward. I mean, yeah, that's great for goal linebacks. I mean, you saw it on the touchdown uh, – earlier in the Georgia game, I mean, but Mario Anderson, I think that first carry that he got, I mean, I, I, I was telling my old man, I was like, look, man, this is the answer. He's the guy right now. He, he hit contact at like two, two, three yards, and he carried the defense to almost the first down, and then he only got to touch the ball one more time. And, uh, and I just don't understand. And, 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 and earlier in the show, you were, you were saying, you know, continuing to go back to the same thing that's not working is the definition of insanity. And I think that, uh, I think that unfortunately, uh, Beamer is kind of on the same page as Dabo when it comes to loyalty to his players, and I think that he is just, uh, you know, he doesn't want to give up on 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 Joiner because you know, I mean, he's he's loyal to his guys. He wants to do right by his guys, and I just think that uh, when it comes down to it, it's it's time to play the the guy that's going to help win the game, and I, I believe that that's Mario Anderson, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at Mario Anderson, I think I got some stats pulled up on him. I mean, what is that uh, last year, 2022? I think I had it pulled up right here. The Harlan Hill Trophy finalist. You know, that's that's uh, that's uh, the Heisman equivalent to the FCS, team, uh, FCS Heisman. I mean, this is a guy that actually can <clears throat> run the ball. 2022 mm-hmm. first team division All-American. Mm-hmm. 2022 Piedmont Division Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, he, he, this is, this even guy if it's knows how to run the football. Yeah, he's even if it's at a lower ball. level, he's been an RB one before. I mean, that's his that's his greatest advantage, right? He he knows what it takes to be a successful running back, and um, you know that that's why I think he's able to run with that edge, that tenacity, that ferociousness, and the Kevion Joiner sort of learning as he goes, and you see it. That's what it looks like. You know what I mean? So again, I go back to this: the Kevion Joiner. He's a great athlete. He's a great gamecock. He's a selfless football player. He's a great person by all accounts, but he's not a running back by trade, man. I mean, he's just, he's just not a, I mean, we yeah, all, yeah, we all, we all, we all knew that. We, we all knew that. So. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And, 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 and look, man, I'll let you go because I know that a lot of people probably want to call in. They, they want to talk to you. They want to hear your input. And uh, I just want to want to ask you one more question, man. What about Harbor? Are, are we are we missing something? Are we seeing something that that uh, are we not seeing something that that the coaches may be seeing? Like what's going on? Is, do you have any insight on that? Yeah, a lot of folks have asked about Nick Harbor, and, and I think it's a fair question, and it'll be frustrating for you and others to hear. But I just simply think it comes down to that Nick Harbor's not ready to play. Um, he just he's he's grasping the playbook he's grasping the nuances of playing the position that is wide receiver um, what it takes to be a good enough wide receiver in the SEC to get on the field and I think that's why you're not seeing him and is that frustrating absolutely and people will say well how is Luke Doty out there how was Luke Doty playing well Luke Doty did play wide receiver in high school I don't even think Nick Harbour spent Nick Harbour spent most of his time I believe at defensive end in high school but he wanted to play but he wanted to play wide receiver because he wanted to score touchdowns, and I totally get that. But you know, this is why I said over the summer I thought it was going to take about half the season for him to really start making an impact. Because, uh, and we heard too, but and he suffered an injury in, in fall camp. But we heard there was an adjustment period. He was having some troubles getting off the line. He was having some troubles, uh, you know, learning how to play the position. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's yeah. frustrating. It's it's wildly frustrating. Don't get me wrong. I, I feel the same way. Um, but it's just kind of where you are. So he's fine. I just I, I think if you ask the coaching staff, if you if you sat Shane Beamer down in a room and got some truth serum, and I think he just tell you, hey, he's just he's just not ready. Bottom line, he's just not ready. Yeah, and that's one hundred percent understandable. Like I get that, young guys, especially that didn't focus on that primary position growing up. You know, I get that. And uh, one thing, I mean, to your point, the whole Doty thing. I, I you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it I that's another thing I think Beamer Beamer with Doty I think he's just holding on to him a little too long we got other guys you know the Omega Blake the uh the Eddie Lewis's we got other guys I just I not saying that Doty's not good I just there's some other guys there that, that we can move forward and I think that, that will help the team uh, immensely more than what the carry on and Doty can do and that's no disrespect to those guys they're great Gamecocks they're great athletes I, I you know I love them to death mm. I'm just you got to get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, but like I said, I'll let you go. I just want to leave. I want to uh, leave you on this. I want to say, man, hey, I really appreciate the realism. You know, I know you got a lot of blowback on the Georgia uh, predictions and everything. <laughs> hey, man, I just want to say I appreciate that. I like that. I like the transparency, the transparent thought process. 
uh, I, I keep up the good work, man. Uh, I think you, 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 you gained the listener for life in me. You know, like I said, I've only been listening for about three weeks now. Uh, this is my first call in. I just really appreciate it. So, uh, just keep up the good work, man. I appreciate you, my friend. Hey, call in any time. Thank you so much for the kind words, man, and great conversation yep. as well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, man, take care. Great stuff. Great first call of the day, and I think he makes a lot of great points. And, um, you know, I, I will say this, to be fair. Luke Doty has looked much better than I thought. Um, And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's not frustrating, guys, that Nick Harbour's not out there making some contributions and – I mean, I had people telling me he might be a 750-yard receiver and all that. And, like, I, I just, you know, I, I mean, let me ask you this, guys. Do, do we do we really think – do we really think that – and this is just – I'm, I'm genuinely asking this question. Do people genuinely believe that Shane Beamer and this coaching staff are playing guys – out of loyalty and not purely out of who is the best available and who helps us win football games. Because that's what some people are saying about guys like Luke Doty at receiver and DeCarrion Joyner at running back. I mean, I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all in the sense that, like, these guys, this is their their livelihood. They're not going to pick favorites, and this isn't church ball. This isn't rec league. Like, this is big-time college football. I, I don't think they're going to – I could be wrong. Maybe I'm naive. I, I don't want to believe it either because that's malpractice in my opinion. Uh, let's go to the Big Cock Club Discord. A guy, Austin Gregory, says, This time last year, fans are demanding that we put the ball in the hands of our playmakers while the rushing attack has obviously struggled. How do you feel Dowell has done it, getting the ball into the hands of our playmakers thus far? I think he's done a great job, Austin. I really do. Um, targeting Xavier Leggett consistently. Obviously, when Juice Wells was in the game Saturday, they went right to him on the first drive. I mean, I think they're doing a great job of that. I mean, I'd like to see more out of the tight ends. That's probably my biggest gripe, I guess. But, I mean, I I think they are targeting their top guys and making sure, like, guys like 17 get the football a lot more. I've I've liked what I've seen. Call from Matt. what's up, man? How are you? Good, man. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? I want to get your input on this uh, question right quick. Wouldn't you think it would make better sense for the Gamecocks to move Dak Joyner back to receiver since uh, Juice Wells is out for the foreseeable future? To me, that would make the best sense since he's played wide receiver the last Mm -hmm. two seasons. I think that if you've made the decision that, you know, if you're Shane Beamer and company and you've made the decision that Mario Anderson is the – gives you the best opportunity to generate a run game and – the carry-on joiner's not going to see a lot of playing time at the running back position, then yes, I, I would probably agree with you that it makes the most sense to slide him back over there because people just want to see his skill set utilized. It doesn't have to be at running back. It doesn't even have to be at receiver, just in some way. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, I, I think it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, if they decide that, you know, if, if the carry-on joiner's not quite in the game plan at running back anymore, why not move him to wide receiver and just – you know, put another weapon on the field. Yeah, that's what I – because, I mean, I would rather – because we're not doing anything with them in the run game anyway. No offense. I mean, I love that joint. But we're not doing anything in the run game to begin with. So why wouldn't you try to fix that? And then you already know you got Spencer Allen throwing the ball to anybody who's open. So to me it would make more sense that that joint would get more 
looks at receiver than he than he would get at running back. Mm-hmm. That's just me, though. Yeah, so. I mean, it's at, at this point, yeah, because I, I think that through three weeks and you know, as I said earlier in the show, man, I, I don't put it all into Kevion Joyner because the offensive line has not exactly paved the way. But I, I think for those of us that watch, it's you know, you can tell that he's not a running back by trade, which isn't a a, a diss at all. It's just it's the reality, right? It's the reality. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I I could see the move. I mean, we'll see if they do it, but I think it would be a move that makes a lot of sense, seeing he spent the last couple of years at that wide receiver spot. Right, and uh, like to your question earlier, I think it's a mixed bag with like Shane Beamer being overly loyal versus, well, I mean, he just knows, as opposed to like Mario Anderson, I mean, he he can he can run in the SEC, you know, he could do that, but I think he's, Shane Beamer's just going with what he knows with Dak Jordan and Luke Doty, who's played on the team for the past two, three, four years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little bit of both in there. I think he might be a little too loyal, and I think he might just be going with what he's comfortable with. To answer your question, that could be it. I mean, hey, listen, that that could be it. That could be it. Yeah, I appreciate your call, man. I appreciate having time to talk to you. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, maybe it is loyalty. I don't know. Coach Ford chimes in, says, "I have been telling son, telling pumpers like you that Dak and Doty should have been in this, uh, been in these roles three years ago." But experts like you said, be straight on how to understand, Coach Ford. I don't know if you're talking to me. I don't know if you are or if you guys are having your own conversation in the comments, but, I mean, I feel like I've been very, very realistic about – I mean, dude, I've taken a lot. I've taken a lot of heat. A lot of heat for my comments and commentary about the carry-on joiner, especially over the years. Like, it's gotten me to a point where, like, I really don't even want to speak on it, to be honest, because you guys all recall what happened last year when I just said after the – you know, I was asked after the Arkansas game last year, why is Dak Jordan on the field? Why is he, you know, I said he's 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 a positionless athlete, man. Like, because he's he's good at a number of things, but he's not great at any one thing, and that's why he's struggling to find any, any reps, any playing time. And, dude, I mean, there were people trying to get us canceled off of the internet. So, giving a take about DeKebrion Joyner, a player that I'm a fan of, it ain't worth all that. You know what I mean? It, it So, but I, I've been, I've been very – transparent about that and like I mean I, I would like to see Nicholas Harbour get in there over Luke Doty at wide receiver Luke Doty's a freaking quarterback man but you know what Nick Harbour's not ready to go and I guess somehow some way Luke Doty is better than all these other receivers you recruited and I I, I don't know man I, I I genuinely do not know I I don't know I don't know it's it's funny how by the way this morning our guy Brian Lattimore he chimed in on it because you know the the the, the Myrtle B Beach folks, they have got a loyalty to Luke Doty like you wouldn't believe, man. They they will not allow any sort of Luke Doty criticism. <laughs> I'm just messing with my guy, Brian Lattimore, by the way. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. James Ken on the Big Cock Club Discord says, okay, Chris, what will they find first? What will we find first? South Carolina's running game or an F-35 near Charleston? They'll probably find neither, so. They'll probably find neither. Yeah, so we got Tyler Knowles. Yeah, I told you, Myrtle Beach folks, man. You talk about Luke Doty, their ears perk up. Uh, he played wide receiver for two years, quarterback for two years. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think Luke Doty's actually done some nice things, which is it, it's a really interesting storyline. But, uh, <clears throat> you know. 
Really interesting storyline. But I think he's looked okay. I think he's looked okay. Guys, again, 843-790-3377. The phone lines are over. My guy Eric Reese chiming in. Not worth putting DK at wide receiver at this point. Dude is 230 pounds now. Yeah, he he <clears throat> he did bulk up to play that position. So he did bulk up to play that position. Let's see. A lot of chatter, a lot of back and forth. Back in the comments today. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's see. All right, cool. Let's shut up the lines here. Call from Tyler. Tyler, what's going on, man? You're on the air. Oh, man, this is awesome. I've been watching your uh, your live streams for a couple of years now, and I'm calling from Colorado. Very nice. Shout out to Colorado. Man, I've never actually been out there, but would like to sometime. Heard it's awesome. Uh, my uh, my cousin's a big uh, Gamecock fan. Uh, he lives in um, outside of Columbia, so and uh, me and him were kind of discussing the Georgia game and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I thought I'd just kind of chime in, yeah, on uh, this kind of game and stuff like that. And my biggest concern really is the offensive line, just to kind of get things rocking. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't too sure how you felt about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be this team's <clears throat> this offense is for sure biggest question mark throughout the season. Um, you know, the one thing that encourages me, I'll say, is that there are young guys who are now starting to get playing time. Guys like Big True Babalade and, uh, you know, Trovon Bow and Jatavia Shivers. And I, and I hope we see – I hope we see more of that. I, I hope we see more of that, truly. Um, it gives me hope that by the time we get to the second half of this season, right, that four-game home stretch to end it, that this O-line may be gelling a little bit better and doing a little bit more than it is now. But I don't think at any point, my friend, it's going to be a strength. I think South Carolina, you know, hitting the goal week in, week out is can we just hit 100 yards rushing? If you can hit hit 100 yards rushing, you had a successful day at this point, right? You provided enough balance to allow Spencer Rattler, that offense, to operate. Because this season is going to come down to seven. It's just going to come down to Rattler. It's going to come down to what he's able to do on a – on a week-in, week-out basis, and that's asking a lot of him. But, I mean, welcome to playing quarterback in the SEC, right? So, I, I, I just mm-hmm. – I don't think with the group you've got up front, the group you've got in the running back room, I, I don't think that having a strong running game – and I'd love to be proven wrong, but I don't think at any point this season do we look at South Carolina and say, oh, there's a strong running game. Now. I, I, I just don't if, – if this running game – if this running game can get to a point of being serviceable, I think that is a win – when you consider the personnel you have in place. Do you think the ceiling right now is seven wins? No, I, I think you could get to eight. I, I do think you could get to eight. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think, what, uh, seven and two. I mean, they did it last year, right? Seven and two in the last uh, last nine. Yeah, um, they did. I, I think it's possible. I don't think it's light, likely. I feel good about my seven and five you know, preseason prediction, if you will. Now, we'll get into it more later in the week, but th- this Mississippi State game, this is the one that – this is the one that you have to have. I mean, you just – you have to have this game to keep seven or You're eight wins. You're playing in Columbia, correct? Yes. The night Bulldogs. game night game okay. in Columbia, Saturday night. Um, you got to have this one. I-, I think eight is doable. I think it's possible. I think seven is most likely. 
And I think six is almost possible. Like, I think six and six is just as likely as eight and four right now, um, which is, again, why I picked seven and five in the preseason because it just kind of felt like the law of averages, right? I think South Carolina is going to be a team that, again, on days when Rattler plays really, really well and the Gamecocks are able to get turnovers and, and maybe, be, maybe Beamer Ball shows up, they can beat anybody in the country. But this is also a team that because of the lack of running game, because of the deficiencies up front, if Spencer Rattler's off – and the defense is leaky like we've seen, and Beamer Ball is just kind of there, then they could lose to practically anybody left on the schedule. So, again, when the dust settles, I, I think 7-5 and five is about what this football team is and, and what it's always been. And uh, But the upside of eight wins is there, I think, because of Spencer Rattler specifically. So what do you believe that they need to do in the offseason to get this run game better? Is it just getting more talent up front or you need to go recruit a guy or transfer portal, more running backs? Like what do you think is the big factor with uh, the team moving forward Mm -hmm. next season? with up front, yeah, well, running backs and your offensive line. The good news is that help is on the way with Josiah Thompson, who actually just got his fifth star today from uh, the on three recruiting services. And then Cam Pringle as well. Um, and then all these young guys, right, that, you know, Big Tree Babalade, Trovon Bo, Marquis Anderson, Jatavia Shivers. Like, these guys are all going to be a major, major part of your offensive line. And – you know, I, I think you're going to see them kind of fill in those roles. Case and Henry coming back from injury as well. Ryan Brubaker, another kind of young guy, if you will. And then, like I said, you continue to add the pieces from recruiting. So, I mean, if you can go out in the portal, right, obviously, and add a big-time offensive lineman or two, that'd be helpful. Um, that's something that I think South Carolina obviously did not do this offseason, and they're paying for it. I mean, bottom line, you want to go back to the problem, they're paying for it. South Carolina's paying for not getting – some big-time Power 5 offensive linemen. I know there weren't many out there, don't get me wrong, but, like, the guys that you picked, picking Sidney Fugar from Western Illinois, you chose wrong. Like, I don't know how else to tell you, but you chose yeah. wrong, right? My cousin so, was very, very much about that because they need to send him back to Western Illinois because he's not a good lineman for the Southeastern Conference. Like, he's just not a dog in that scenario. Yeah, so I, you know, I think that's why you're seeing obviously Big Tree Bubba Lotte slide in there and get more reps. So I think help is on the way, but when it comes to building in the trenches, it just it just takes time, dude. It, it just takes time because you realistically and to build in the trenches, also yeah, will take time with the new OC after uh, Satterfield left for the Nebraska job. Like, is there also like uh, what 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 is the scheme and is he putting the players in the right position to fit his team mm-hmm. is kind of my concern as well like what the um what the next year with this offense is going to be mm-hmm. under that uh, under that oc so that was also another you know topic i i think is you know not concerning but you know that's just part of the process mm-hmm. is um you know uh the, that that oc has to i don't know what him and beamer are looking at you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I've been happy with Loggins at this point. Um, I think we'll start to learn a lot more on Saturday night and as the season goes because I kind of look at it this way. You know, UNC in the season opener was – that was a nightmare, right? That was a nightmare of the offensive line, nine sacks, what have you. Furman, you can't take a lot from because they're an FCS team. Georgia, I mean, that that I think was encouraging signs – for sure. I mean, they're, you're not oh, on yeah. their level quite yet. 
Now we'll start to see. And you were Mid- on the road. You were on the road, right. and you like you had them at halftime. Right. I, I think now like at three at halftime. Yeah, fourteen to three at halftime. Yeah, I, I think now though yeah, with, with, with Mississippi State, then Tennessee, then Florida, and, and and playing some teams that I think you're more kind of on equal footing with, we'll we'll really start to kind of get an idea and gauge. Okay, where is this team? Where where where, where, where exactly mm-hmm. is this team? What are the what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What have you? So. Um, but so far, so good for me for Dabble Loggins. I, I don't really have any complaints at this point. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, SP or SUP, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Well, that Mississippi State game is um, they need to put, in my opinion, like 40 points on the board where I feel confident the remainder of your conference play because you'll be playing – who knows what Tennessee's looking like? Florida just had that great upset, but like they're still skeptical. So in the end, you can you can beat these teams. Like it's it's very like the South Eastern Conference is wide open. So I wouldn't be surprised if they can go three and zero or like two or like one and three or two and one. Like those variables are there, but I feel like they have enough talent to, you know, kind of make a streak after this performance because they only lost by 10. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think it's that really kind of what. Yeah, it's it's encouraging signs, man. I think it I think it also screams at the football team that you're good enough to compete with anybody and beat anybody. So I I think South Carolina's football team should be riding a wave of extreme confidence coming out of this game. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if they could parlay that into a big home win on Saturday night, a win you have to have. But uh, I, I was definitely encouraged by the Georgia game. Definitely encouraged. I definitely was, too. My cousin wasn't too upset. Me and him had, a, like, a long conversation about that. And uh, But, uh, yeah, no, just thanks for the thanks, thanks for picking up the number, man. Uh, I, I've been watching you or hearing you for a few years now from what it feels like, you know. And, uh, you know, you have a fan out here in Colorado. And, uh, you know, I rock, I rock my Gamecocks out here, and people are kind of surprised. Hey, shout out to Colorado, man. Keep holding it down. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for the call. Spurs up. Spurs, <laughs> Spurs, up. Spurs up indeed. How about that? Colorado checking in. Great stuff. Anyways, you know what I'm kind of surprised about? Seeing the comments today. I, You know, I'm surprised at – I'm a bit I'm a bit surprised at the hostility of the comments. I really am because folks really seem to be up in arms and and upset today and like you would think South Carolina lost that football game Saturday. You you think Georgia covered the spread. I mean the Gamecocks lost 24 to 14, 10 point margin of defeat to the number 1 team in college football at their place. And yet People are up in arms. Like I, 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 I love the passion. I, I get the passion. I, I'm just, I'm not really all that upset at all about the game, guys. Like I'm, I'm not. And, and maybe it's because I have just conditioned myself to a point where I'm so, honestly, so objective. I'm still a fan, but I'm just so objective at this point where I have no, uh, no sense of of garnet glasses on. Like I, I never, and I see Chase Floyd say L is L. Chase Floyd. I guess my thing is I never expected this to be a W. Like, I guess that's – so, like, if you tell me it's an L, I'm like, of course it's an L. You know what I mean? Like, of course it's an L, you know? Um, now, you go lose to Mississippi State. I know I picked that one as a loss, but that will be a little bit of a different vibe to that one, right? But I, I don't know, man. I, I just – you know, I, I think there's some things, obviously, that we can nitpick, and there's some things that we obviously – should discuss and have discussed, but I, I think there was a lot of encouraging signs coming out of Saturday. I, I, I do. I do. Um, so, the biggest question I have now, guys, leaving that game is can Carolina take what they did well, bottle that intensity, that emotion, that energy, and make that a consistent thing? Because that's what this program has lacked more than anything is consistency of any kind. Call Let's jump from. to the phone lines here. Hey. Peyton, what's going on, my man? You're on the air. What's going on, buddy? You doing all right now? I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? Uh, not much. Just uh, come, coming back to reality after a good weekend at Hilton Head. I know I called you, called you a couple times while I was down there. I, I stopped by Carolina Cigars, talked some ball with those guys, and uh, got, got a Romeo and Juliet, 1875. Got one of those, and uh, yeah, just talk football with those guys. Great service. I advise everybody listening right now. Whenever you're down in Hilton Head or in the Bluffton area, go see those guys. They'll take care of you and tell them that Chris sent you. Mm. Especially tell them that Chris sent you. It'll it'll <laughs> spark a good conversation. Tell some game talk ball. So 
Indeed. I want to thank you for that. No, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. But, um, man, it was a, it was a valiant effort, a very valiant effort. I, I'll, um, I'll say I'm not, I'm not disappointed with, with the end result, um, purely because the expectations were so low going into this ball game. I think we superseded everybody's expectations at the end of this ball game. Um, but that being said, one of the one of the biggest things I said in order for us to win, we uh, we did the opposite of that. We we shot ourselves in the foot with uh, a lot of first down penalties, put ourselves behind the chains, and eventually you do that enough over a over a sixty minute ball game against a team as talented as Georgia, they're going to make you start paying for it eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that's ultimately what happened. I think. Uh, for, for lack of a better term, I think um, we just got, at the end of the day, we got outclassed and outgunned. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm more than proud of, of the showing that we had in Athens Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely say that. More than proud. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was happy with it as well. I mean, it always sucks to lose for sure. But, yeah, when you're able to keep things in perspective and realize, you know, what South Carolina did, being able to go out there and punch George in the mouth, and I, I would agree with you, I think, you know, man, I think the dogs just wore down South Carolina as the game went on. Now, again, the only thing I'd, I'd say I'm a little bit disappointed in is the, you know, the second half adjustments or lack thereof. I, I thought South Carolina could have could have been more aggressive, you know, done some things to force the issue. Like you're a four-touchdown underdog. Play like it. Play with nothing to lose. Play like you have nothing to lose. And it felt like South Carolina was in the second half, maybe kind of just trying to hold on for dear life instead of, going and taking that game and winning that game versus just hoping it was going to happen that, you know, but then again, you have to consider on the other side, like Georgia had a lot to do with that. You know what I mean? Like they're the back-to-back national champions for a reason. And um, so, you know, I, I think you can, you know, you can look at it like most things, the good or the bad. I mean, I'm choosing to look at it as, I mean, dude, you, you went in there and certainly exceeded my expectations and, and crushed the Vegas spread and, I think there's things to positively build on from that game. And, um, you know, you, you, you take that and you run with it, and now you get ready for the the rest of SEC play, if you will. Yeah. And you know what, Chris? You know, me, me and you talked about it last Thursday, I think it was, when I was down in Caligny Plaza. I, um, I said last week, you know, if we find ourselves in an advantageous scenario, in the second half for this ball game, we can't be scared to go out and win it. You mm-hmm. know, we can't be, we, we can't start getting complacent. Or I, I think, truthfully, just based on what Beamer had to say in the in the post game presser, I think in his mind we were in the driver's seat of that game, which you know we were, but I think we kind of forgot who Georgia was for a minute. Speak just um, just based on how we handled them in the first half and handled them, we did. Mind you, we definitely did, but I think, um, you know, Kirby Smart proved once again he's the best coach in college football. Um, I think, I think Georgia's the coordinator, and, and, and I don't want to give Mike Bobo the credit, but I guess you're going to have to at this point, um, just because they came out and they just, they blew us off the field in, in the third quarter. Mm. They, they did. Um, 
But I'll say this, man. <clears throat> if you would have told me, if you would have told me Friday when I locked in, when I locked in 34 to 17, if you would have told me then that South Carolina would be up 11 points going into the half, and we would also hold Georgia. Um, let's see. Did Georgia score 21 unanswered in the third quarter alone, or what? No, it was it was the fourth? third and the fourth. It was over the. I, I think they scored 14 and the, they scored 14 in the third, seven in the fourth. So, okay. Well, I mean, be that as it may, we still held Georgia scoreless in the uh, was it the last 10 minutes of the ball game. They didn't score another point. Right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you'd have told me Georgia, we hold Georgia scoreless for 10 minutes in the last in, in the fourth quarter. And we go in with a 11 point lead at half. I'd have said, "Well, I, I'm happy with it. I'll take it, man. You know." And but and for people criticizing Rattler about about the interceptions, man. I mean, we we should have been we should have been pressing the ball like that. We should have been pressing the ball down the field like that to start the second half. Mm-hmm. Whether as to like you said, just trying to hold on and and cling to a lead and hope we can play keep away, but. You know, with with this running clock now, it's a hell of a lot easier to play keep away, mm. and I think um, you should have you, you should have pressed the issue earlier mm. on in the second half and and really, and really tried to shut it out because if if we go up twenty one to three in the third quarter, I don't know I don't know how Georgia I mean as talented as they are, if you come if if you're down twenty one to three in the third quarter at home. And you hadn't lost at home in four seasons. That, I mean, that I don't understand. I don't. I don't. I don't see how they come back from that. I really don't. But yeah, I mean, it's what it could have, should have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, Georgia got that ball to start the second half, and and I and I felt like they were going to respond. I mean, it's it's just you know, I'm sure Kirby went in there and chewed their ass like he always does. Um, I guess I was just again, I was disappointed there was no counterpunch from South Carolina. I mean, they get shut out in the second half to. To not yeah. force the issue and, and take some, but you know we we laid out the the path to victory, and I think the thing that was most missing from that ball game was, you know, South Carolina was unable to to force Georgia in any turnovers, you know, interceptions, fumbles, anything. Right? Carolina loses the yeah. turnover battle yeah. two nothing. Um, and and so to the point, I'll say this to the point. I know those 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 picks late in the game or whatever you want to say about them, but like. To the point, if you'd have told me that South Carolina lost by only ten points and lost the turnover battle two to zero, I would have told you you were crazy. So, um, I mean, yeah. all things considered, all, all things considered, it was uh, you know to lose by ten with with really no cheapies at all. You know, no no special teams aided or defensive aided touchdowns. That's you know, it's uh, could have been a lot worse. I, I'm I'm you know I, I think there's a lot of encouraging signs. Like I said, coming out of the Saturday, but. Um, also a learning experience too, because I think this is a young football team that, you know, they're just not quite ready to win a game like that yet against that caliber of a team, but you'd like to believe South Carolina is getting closer to that. So, and I think Saturday can be used as a learning experience for the future, for sure. Absolutely, man. There's, there's, there's a ton of positives to take away from this past Saturday. I mean, just player morale as a whole, like Beamer said, it, it, solidified to him what kind of team this, this team can be. Mm-hmm. We just went toe-to-toe with the number one back-to-back defending national champ. That's that's nothing that's nothing to shake a stick at, guys. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that proves to our our freshmen 
that are that were playing in key positions for us and seeing a lot of valuable snaps, that proves to them that they got the talent and skill to keep up with Georgia. You know, that that it, it should be a very, very big spark for for the locker room. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say that. But you know, it's it's the competitive spirit, you know, it's just it it sucks anytime you lose, especially when you have the win in your grasp. But I, I think these guys will uh, I think these guys will take a positive from it. And I'll say this, after seeing what kind of performance South Carolina put out against Georgia, that it gives me confidence going into every single game for the rest of this season. I'll say that. I, I'm now granted I don't expect South Carolina to just run the table and go nine and because that's just it's really improbable. I think it's overstepping to just assume that they'll do that because they perform well against Georgia. But I'll say this. It, it changed my expectations. I think 8-4 and four is back in the question. We're back in the running to go for uh, to finish second in the East, third in the East. We're back in the running for that. Um, but it all starts next Saturday. It all starts this Saturday, bud. That's for sure. But we got promise going forward. Indeed, Peyton. Well said, my friend, and I agree with you. It's going to be really interesting, and I think uh, you know this this Saturday hopefully starts the run. Hopefully, man. Fingers crossed. Well, um, well, I'll holler at you more this week, and we'll we'll chop it up about about these here about the next bulldogs, mm-hmm. the next bunch of bulldogs we got to go see. So, well. Uh, We'll highlight you tomorrow, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for his episode. Go Cox, buddy. Appreciate you, Peyton. Always a pleasure, my friend. Great stuff. Um, and, guys, I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, we're, we'll start talking about Mississippi State, of course, on Wednesday. But uh, – and I'm not – you know, I, I, I'm just I'm just going to say this. And I don't know if this is my Gamecock PTSD kicking in or what, but I'm, I'm terrified of this game. I, I really am. I'm uh, – and, listen, I get it. I know, I know how bad Mississippi State looked against LSU, but as soon as you think you've got it figured out, that's when it seems like South Carolina finds a way to surprise you the most, and that's what I most want to see this weekend more than anything, is just find some consistency, like building off of what you've done, because we've seen Carolina show signs of life and then just fall flat on their face. You can't have that this weekend. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Call from Robbie Davis, Zachary's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's going on, my friend? You're on the air. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I, to an extent, I liked what I saw on Saturday. Okay. I am somewhat, I guess you could say, eating crow today. Okay. Because I had Georgia beating the absolute, no pun intended, dog mess out of us. Okay. And... I, I, I did like what I saw from the def- I did like what I saw from the defensive front because, like everyone else, I was not expecting our defensive front to get pressure, and we somehow got pressure. Okay. And I think he, I, and I also think we showed that if Rattler has time to look downfield and go through his progressions, 
he can pick any defense apart. It doesn't matter if it's Georgia. It doesn't matter if it's if it's any anybody for that matter. It doesn't matter who it is. If he has time to look downfield and sit in the pocket, he can pick a a a a defense apart, no matter who it is. Because there was times in the game Saturday where he had time to look downfield and he found the open guy nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, Spencer Rattler was the furthest thing from South Carolina's problem on Saturday. I mean, he, he kept the Gamecocks in it. He gave him a chance. He he did what I thought he would do, man, and, and I thought played extremely well. I mean, yeah. again, those two late picks, you're just trying to force something, make a play. Uh, going up against a defense like that and having no help from your running game whatsoever – I really liked what I saw from Rattler moving around the pocket and getting out of the pocket. I, I, I like the I like to see the running ability of Spencer Rattler. I thought he was really nifty in the pocket. He's not a guy that I think anybody's going to label as fast, but he's fast enough. He's quick enough to you know to get out of the pocket, make things work, and extend drives. And you know if he adds that that to his game this season, he's going to be really tough to stop. But the season offensively is just going to be come down to can they find any semblance of balance, right? My greatest fear for this offense, mm-hmm. as I've stated before, is on Saturdays when the Gamecocks can't find balance, right, between the run and the pass, Spencer Rattler's mm-hmm. going to give you all he's got. But at some point, if you can't run the football, you're going to get exposed in the SEC. And I'm not saying that every week, like, there's going to be some matchups where, you know, maybe maybe against the Mississippi State, you don't have to run the football. Maybe against a Vandy, maybe against some other teams. But, you know, when you play some really quality mm-hmm. opponents – your lack of being able to run the football, it's it's going to cost you. I, I really believe that. And also, I've noticed this through three games, okay? One particular offensive lineman, and you should know where I'm going with this, okay? Fugar is garbage. Putting it lightly, Robbie. How many holding co- huh? Putting it – yeah, you're putting it lightly. I think – most all would agree with you, if not all would agree with you. Because the fact that he has been – I'm pretty sure in every single game, even though he's only had three games this year, in all three games, he's been called for either a false start on multiple occasions or called for holding. At some point, you got to put a different person in there because mm. it's getting ridiculous and we're only three weeks into the season. I don't care where you got him from, okay? He's, he's, he, there, at, at one point in, during the UNC game, I swear to you, Chris, to me, he looked like he was a deer looking into in that um, headlights of a vehicle. Lost, it, lost all get out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And if, I'm just saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to be at the game Saturday. But if Fugar starts on Saturday night against Mississippi State, you know what I would, you know what I would do if I was, if I was, if I was Mississippi State? What would you do? I would, I, I would tell my defensive end and I would tell a linebacker, go exactly where he's at. That's exactly what I would do because he is not, he's blocking worth it. He is blocking worth a damn. I would send a defensive end. I would have my defensive end and a linebacker go right into, right into his gap, and that, and and freaking make him make a decision. Either way, he's screwed. Indeed, indeed. No, listen. I, I, uh, I hope we see a lot more big tree babalade at left tackle than than seventy seven. I'll leave it at that. But I mean, we don't. I and like, and also, and I'll, I'll be done. I'll be done with this because I know you're fixing. You were fixing to go to break right before I called. But that's just what I would do. Okay. But like I all, like I have said, we do not have control over who the coaching staff puts out there. Okay. All we can do is show up week in, week out, and cheer on the boys and just hope they can somehow put something together and get a W. That's all we can do. That's it. That's all fans I, have control over, I will man. Have my prediction. Mm-hmm. I will have my prediction ready for you on Thursday. And just a little, you know, nugget, there is a very good chance I pick us to win, Okay. I do not have a prediction yet, but there is a pretty good chance I pick us to win. There you have it. Robbie, you're the man. I appreciate uh, it, man. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm sure you're excited to get back to Willie B, and I'm excited to chat with you all. Week, oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. As always, I'm always excited when I get an opportunity to go to Willie B, spend, spend some hours, spend a couple hours there, you know, just chill. Mm-hmm. And then when the when it's time to go crazy, I go crazy. So I know you do, Robbie. I will. I, know you uh, do. I will uh, for sure. As always, like I said last week, I'll do some extra. I'll put some extra oomph into my cheering since you will not be there in person. I will put some extra oomph into my cheering, trying to cheer on the boys and get get the win over the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs. So. Uh, I'll be sure to do that. Mm. But uh, that's all I got. Go Gamecocks and to heck with Clemson. To heck with them. To heck with them. Robbie, you're the man. I appreciate it, man. Always great to hear from you. Thank you for the call. Let me say this as well, just kind of in closing on this show. And, uh, you know, we'll sort of put the, the Georgia game behind us, if you will. But I can't say again how much I'm encouraged. I, I can't, you know, overstate how encouraged I am by the performance on Saturday. I, I really am. You know, I, I know people are upset because victory was 
in the grasp and was not met. But, I, I mean, guys, I, I thought South Carolina, considering what they had on the offensive front, considering what we had seen at this point, considering what they had on the defensive front as well, like I think Shane Beamer and company, you could argue, got the most out of this roster in that football game. I, I, I really do. Um, I think things need to continue to be tinkered with and played around with. Um, I think that the running back room needs to be evaluated, reevaluated. I think that, you know, I, this, it's an imperfect football team. Like it obviously is, but there's a lot of imperfect football teams out there. And my biggest thing is this, cause I saw coach Ford earlier talking about the next five are important or whatever. You gotta, you know, you gotta, gotta win six out of nine. I mean, I don't disagree. Like the, 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 the goals don't change from the preseason, guys. They don't change. Nine and three is the goal. Eight and four is the expectation and a success. Seven and five is an okay season. Six and six is disappointing. Five and seven or worse is failure. Like, that doesn't change. Um, that doesn't change. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, as I said before, man, get to three and get, get to the Three and three or better, Mark, to the first six. Get to three and three or better. So are you going to go, what, it would be three and one, I guess? Or, or, yeah, three and one, no. Three and oh over your next three? Are you going to go two and one of your next three? Like, you know, I think you can get to that mark very reasonably, that three and three mark that I set out, and I think it'll set you up in the second half of the year to to get to seven wins, if not eight. So, um yeah, I, I think it's very doable. I think it's very, very doable. Um, but I, I just – I don't leave Saturday's game. I mean, there's things, again, to to nitpick. There's things to nitpick and, and, and be critical about. But all in all, I thought it was a successful game Saturday in Athens. Coach Ford says you cannot accept six and six with three gimmies. I mean, Coach Ford, what difference is there in seven and five and six and six? It's just one more game. So, I mean, if you don't accept six and six, why would you accept seven and five? You know what I mean? Why would you accept seven and five? So I get what you're saying, Coach Ford, and I, and I would agree with you. Six and six would be a very disappointing season, very disappointing. But you know, and, and we see all the chatter about the running back room and the offensive line. Like, guys, we're going to just keep talking about this over and over. But you know, it, it goes back to it was malpractice by this coaching staff. Let's call it for what it is. I mean, it was malpractice by the coaching staff. It was malpractice not landing impact guys in the portal on the offensive line. It was malpractice not landing a freaking running back. It was. And it's, you know, it is what it is. There's no point beating a dead horse, but it was. You know what I mean? So if you want me to be critical about it, we can do that. Um, but, you know, and, and I, I'll actually, though, to Coach Ford's point, and to everyone, I'll say this, because you know what we haven't talked about? I mean, Juice Wells has practically been non-existent, right? And I don't know when he's coming back, if he's coming back, right? If you would have told me that South Carolina, hey, predict South Carolina season without Juice Wells. Without Juice Wells. I probably would have picked a 6-6 six and six campaign because he was the, in my opinion, coming in the season, the best player on this football team. Better than Spencer Rattler. Most valuable Gamecock, in my opinion. So, you know, you take Juice Wells out for the rest of the year. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, even though Xavier Leggett has stepped up and been really, really good, I mean, he, he's, a, he's turned into a fantastic player. It just, you know, it, it's 
We'll see. We'll see. It's the real test is this weekend in my mind. I know some people are looking at this game like it's going to be a blowout. It's but this is the game that South Carolina to keep seven or eight wins intact to keep that as a realistic goal. You have to win Saturday. You lose to Mississippi State on Saturday, and you talk about a nightmare start. I mean, a nightmare start to this season. With Tennessee looming on the road at night, it can't happen. So, anyways, guys, I'm I'm not happy to take an L from Saturday against Georgia, but I think there were encouraging signs. And maybe the most encouraging thing is, you know, after UNC, when it felt like all hope was lost and – This team's just no good. We're going to win four games, five games. I think the Georgia game showed. It almost kind of steadied the ship and showed, okay, things were not as bad as they seemed after week one. There's still hope and optimism and reason to believe that this South Carolina football team can still pull it all together, put the pieces together, and make something really positive of year three of the Shane Beamer era. So, guys, again, let me say thank you to Chris Doring of SEC Network for taking the time to chat today. Appreciate each and every single one of you. Of course, if you have not done so, you're on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit that bell icon so you get notifications of when we go live and when we drop new video content as well. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us there. Drops every single day, 5 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, guys, Normal content schedule this week, TDC rocking and rolling noon to 3 Eastern, Monday through Friday. And stay tuned to social media for all the content, content bleeding out of the eyeballs. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.